St. Thomas Aquinas said that there were two fundamental challenges to the existence of God. And in some ways, I think we hit both of them in today's readings. The first challenge was what he would call the most difficult. It can be summarized much like the title of Rabbi Kushner's book, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? It is God and the problem of evil. The second problem, he said, that could be a challenge to the existence of God is that human beings would eventually become so smart they would know everything. There would be nothing left to know. There would be no mystery. And God would become completely unnecessary. In the Gospel today, Jesus asks a very interesting question. Can a blind person guide a blind person? And if we think for a moment that ultimately we will get smart enough to solve all of the problems that confront human beings, a week like this past week should give us pause. How many times throughout the course of human history have we seen the futility of war? How many times throughout human history have we seen that when we insist on imposing a solution, death and suffering is often the result? How often have we seen in the human history that, quite honestly, when we take matters into our own hands, usually something really bad happens? And the problem of evil is an interesting one, too, because even a simple uh, looking at the Old Testament will say that many of the people chosen by God to do great things suffered nonetheless. Consider Joseph in the book of Genesis. So many things happen to him. He's kidnapped, he's imprisoned, he's falsely accused. And all the while, we hear over and over again that the Spirit of God is with him. But nothing external, at least in the beginning of the story, seems to indicate that that is true. Or take the case of King David, chosen by God, uh, an unexpected choice, who, in spite of his greatness as a king, was also quite violent an adulterer, and a murderer. And yet, it is from King David that Jesus Christ comes into the world. Consider the case of Abraham, who for much of his marriage to Sarah was childless, takes matters into his own hands with the permission of his wife, and bears a son, Ishmael, takes matters into his own hands in many respects, and every single time, things don't go so well. And yet, he is the father of faith. Despite all of his unbelief, he is singled out, particularly in the letter to the Hebrews, as the father of faith. So what is the connection between all of these evil things that can befall us and the presence of God in our lives. The readings today really speak about both ends 
of the same problem. When we think we're doing something wonderful and rely only on our own uh, abilities, we are like a sieve that is shaken, a person who reveals their faults when they open their mouth. And yet, if we can believe in what the second reading tells us, that Jesus has ultimately won the victory over sin and death, then indeed, we are wise. The Book of Wisdom, in fact, tells us that if we are to be human beings, people who are wise, then the beginning of that is the fear of the Lord. It is the respect of the Lord. It is the understanding that the Lord and His ability and His wisdom is far beyond anything that you and I can possess. That even though we can do tremendous and amazing things as human beings, they tremendously pale in comparison when we think of the love and the mystery and the tremendous gift that is God. Even the great St. Thomas Aquinas recognized that. He had a mystical vision of God at the end of his life. And when he thought about that vision and what he had kind of made his life's work, the Summa Theologica, he was able to say that what he had written, when he considered the grandeur that is God, his attempt to explain God's place in our world and who God was, that compared to who God really is, he said that what he has written was just so much straw. We are getting ready for the season of Lent. It begins this Wednesday. And in a lot of ways, I think we need to use these few days before the season of Lent to enter into prayer, to ask God what it is we need to do so that we have a deeper and more wonderful relationship with God. Lent is not simply the season of willpower. We can do a lot of things if we set our mind to it. We can go without things if we set our mind to it. That's not really what the heart of Lent is. At the heart of Lent is prayer, fasting, and almsgiving for the purpose of growing in our relationship with the Lord Jesus. It is to enter into conversion. As we hear in one of the options, when ashes are put on our forehead, it is so that we may turn away from sin to be faithful to the gospel. If we don't use that formula, we remind ourselves that we are mortal human beings, completely dependent upon the Lord God for the eternal life that he longs every person to have. Let me do a little shameless self-promotion at the end of my homily. Um, I have a website, thefriar.org, where I put my homilies and all kinds of things, but there will also be reflections each day from our students at CBC, and I'd like to just kind of put that out there because those things are, in fact, quite helpful. You can uh, join along with the readings uh, of St. Augustine's Confessions, or the Meditations for Time of Retreat by St. John Baptist de La Salle, or the Companion to the Summa, a rather readable way of understanding how it is that St. Thomas Aquinas teaches us these very simple things in the Companion to the Summa, which you can read, you can listen to, 
or you could do both if you'd like. But that's thefriar.org, and I'd encourage you to take a look at it. But most of all, I'd encourage you to pray during this Lenten season to ask God to change your hearts so that you might not be blind, but might see God in all his fullness.